Best of Times, live from 710 Keel Studios in Shreveport, Louisiana, celebrating age and maturity, helping you make the best years of your life the best they can be. The Best of Times, your host, Gary Kaligas. Good morning, radio listeners. I'm Gary Kaligas, the publisher of The Best of Times, the only news magazine and radio show for mature adults in Northwest Louisiana. Thank you for tuning into our show today and also thanking those who might be listening via the Internet at www.710keel.com. Also thanking those who might be listening via the Keel application on their Apple or Android devices. We do thank AARP Louisiana and Hebert's Hunting Country of Shreveport, your Dodge Chrysler Ram and Jeep dealer, for being the exclusive sponsors of this radio show to provide you with beneficial information each and every Saturday morning. In just a few minutes, we're going to learn some information on how seniors and boomers can lose weight. And we're going to learn this from a leading expert. So stay to the show for some very beneficial information for you and your loved ones. It is Saturday, September the 18th, and we are broadcasting our show from the studios of News Radio 710 Keel, a town square media station here in Shreveport, Louisiana. However, today's show is not live and has been pre-recorded, so we will be unable to accept calling questions and comments from our loyal radio listeners. Now that we have the vaccines and the boosters, it's going to be up to you to get those vaccines and boosters and continue uh, implementing social distancing and mask wearing uh, in the coming weeks and months. Hopefully, these vaccines and the precautions will help us get back to normal as before as soon as possible. Be sure to pick up the September issue of the Best of Times magazine at one of our 270 distribution locations throughout the area. However, being that it's it's the 18th of the month, there are very few issues remaining at, one, at any of our distribution locations. So if you're unable to find a printed copy, you can always visit our website to view or download a particular issue. And that website is, of course, thebestoftimesnews.com. Again, thebestoftimesnews, N-E-W-S, dot com, to view both current and past issues of our magazine, as well as to view and download the 2021 Silver Pages Senior Resource Directory. In addition, you can listen to previously broadcast shows here on the Best of Times Radio Hour, as well as you can uh, learn about upcoming events and activities that could benefit you. We'll be right back with more information, but now work from our sponsors and advertisers who make this radio show possible. You're listening to the Best of Times Radio Hour here on News Radio 710 Keel, proudly presented by AARP Louisiana and Ebears Tenant Country at Shreveport, your Dodge Chrysler Ram and Jeep dealer. Gary Kaligas will be right back with more Best of Times Radio Hour after this on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. Gary's back with more Best of Times Radio Hour on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. Welcome back to our show, the Best of Times Radio Hour, proudly presented by AARP Louisiana and Bears Tending Country of Shreveport, your Dodge Chrysler Ram and Jeep dealer. I'm Gary Kaligas, and I do thank you for listening to our show today. Joining me on my show is a very special guest, is Dr. Amy Lee, who is an internationally known expert in weight control, obesity, nutrition, and I've asked her to share with us some tips to help seniors and boomers like me to lose that unnecessary weight. So thank you, Dr. Lee, for joining us today. I know you have a busy schedule, but we, we look forward to you educating us, myself included, and all my loyal listeners about that particular topic. Thank you. Thank you for having me. This is exciting. So uh, I'm 71, and I think for the past hmm, at least 20 years, 
hate to say that 20 years, but that's what I've been doing my radio show and my magazine. But for the past 20 years, I, I think I was fit and trim before that. I was. I, mean, I was. But, you know, after after so many years, you know, I, we all of us, I mean, not all of us, but most of us tend to start gaining weight. We try to exercise more, but it just doesn't work. And eating less, eating the right things, and... Um, I still think I, we need to talk about this on the side tangent. I got so many side tangents, Doc. Uh, is this, you know the portion control? I think back 20 years ago when I went to restaurants, they didn't they didn't have the large helpings like they have now. Now every time we go to a restaurant, we take half the stuff back home with us. I mean, it's like amazing. Why did they do that? You know, have you ever thought of that one? Have you thought? Oh of yeah, that? this is a this is a very common talking point for my patients uh, here in Southern California. Um, you know, just even just pure education on portion control then and now, there has been this huge drastic change. I think it all comes down to the current food industry pumping out cheap ingredients and that we are capable of giving larger portions for the same price, if not cheaper, um, you know, to really win the hearts of our customer base. Um, so unfortunately, as consumers, you know, I assume that not many, not everyone had that expensive nutrition education like myself so we're sort of just subjected to whatever that is marketed to us uh and therefore as years go by you realize portion size are getting bigger and better and almost who, who are we to question you know getting more food for the same money right so no, right. Uh, i think we are sort of like robots almost and <laughs> we slowly get retrained and almost kind of like my little french bulldog who's staring at me right now um, kind of just you know you give what you want me to to give me and i'll just eat whatever is given to me and then before you know it we're all sort of brainwashed to thinking that two and a half portion of pasta is now the standard one portion so it's pretty scary to even think about how we can slowly adapt to these new thinkings and thoughts without even being told that's happening. Well, I've got to give you one more tangent. So my, my daughter is like uh, in her late 30s, and she came over, and for some reason I decided to, to show her some of my my mother and my grandmother's uh, placeware. I mean, they're like their plates and their salad mm-hmm. plates. And she said, Dad, look, look how small in diameter they were. And they were actually quite small, and they were very expensive. I'm sure back then they were like half the size, half the weight of our now traditional plates. And, like, and after that evening, we went to a restaurant, and they, they served us on this new platter plate. I call it a platter. And this is a regular plate that says, holy moly. You know, you're right. It was full of, of so many things that, wow, you know. It, they should have just used the smaller plate. I'm sure they wanted to. The industry wanted to sell more plates. They thought bigger is better, right? So, <laughs> so why is it harder for us older people? I hate to call myself older, but I'm still older. I'm up there. Mm-hmm. Why is it hard for us to lose weight when we get older? Well, you know, the process of aging is um, the really I would say the biggest culprit to how we process food and fuel, and how we even output energy as well. So as we grow older, it is a known fact that we break down in our muscles as well as in our organs. So meaning our organs are now making less and less of the hormones and enzymes um, that play a role in activating other pathways that has anything to do with metabolism. Then on top of that, you got the naturally deteriorating muscle mass as well, which is part of you know the process of aging. You can't fight that. Um, but knowing that, if your machinery is now not as efficient, 
as you were when you were in your 20s or 30s, then obviously you're going to have to figure out ways to, you know, uh, feed your machinery a little bit differently and also turn it on for activity um, to really get the same outcome. So mm-hmm. I always tell my patients, look, maybe, you know, sometimes for a lot of people, weight management can be related to just pure vanity, right? I just want to go to my kid's wedding and looking good or my 20 right. or 30 year uh, high school reunions and be able to fit in that one dress that I saved in my closet for 50 years. That's, these are very legitimate reasons, but truly, if you can accept the concept that you are trying to go on a diet program or some kind of new regimen to slow down the process of uh, aging, then with that, there is a much more r- realistic or longevity to that motivation. And so we're basically just fighting and trying to slow down this whole process that is happening on a daily basis. That is, so that, that's real. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that observation that, yes, the ladies and even the gentlemen, when they have a certain task that they're going to have to have, their, their a wedding of a daughter or a son, uh, going back to their 40th, or I went back to my 50th reunion, and I, I think I did a crash diet for at least three weeks. I felt terrible at the end of that three weeks when I went there, but I, but I looked the best I've looked in many years. My wife even said that. But I don't, I, you know, I don't think it was really good for my health because I think it was, I was weak. And uh, right. but 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 yes, we do those those those. I hate to call them crash diets, and we'll talk about some of those. There's millions of so many millions of diets. So the other right. thing I I caution some of my friends. I'm you know. Thankfully, I'm not overweight, but when people are older and they're they're prone to get certain diseases, aren't they? If they're overweight, science has seen that medical medical science and et cetera has has shown that, right? Oh, of course. Um, we have lots of clinical data, uh, lots of information on comorbid conditions tied in and related to overweightness and obesity. And so, it is not a benign condition. You know, as much as we like to ignore the fact. Uh, that, you know, being overweight doesn't hurt all the time. It's not like you get a burn and get swollen and, and with pain. You know, you, it just it catches up on you. And before you know it, you get on that scale because you don't weigh yourself often enough. You then realize, oh, well, wow, how am I 24 pounds over what my what I think my baseline is? And so and it just creeps up on you. So, therefore, you really want to sit down, nip it at the butt, and, like, do it earlier than later because it is much harder to lose weight than to prevent weight gain. Well, let me ask you this this uh, question about diseases. Uh, I've been a big advocate. I've, I've hardly ever smoked my entire life in so many years. My, my parents and all my aunts and uncles smoked profusely. My, my, my mother and father smoked three packs a day for umpteen years. My mother lived in 96 and never had any issues with it. But, uh, you know, it's... We're, we're on a focus point of trying to getting people to quit smoking, especially. Uh, it's not it's not good for you and good for and you're going to get possible diseases and cancers and et cetera, et cetera. But listen to this, Doctor Lee. I've had several individuals over the past few years telling me, Gary, if I once I gave up smoking, I gained weight exponentially. Yeah. Does that happen a lot? It does actually. Um, like my when my patients come through and they want to lose weight and they tell me, oh, I also want to quit smoking all at the same time. I should tell them, look, you got to do one or the other first. I <laughs> just <laughs> too much. Um, you know, the whole idea of smoking and and there's many reasons why people smoke, right? But really, the, one of the main reasons is this 
psychological like activity that you do, almost kind of like a nervous thing that people do. They they must bring something up to the mouth, kind of deal. You know,、um, even when people、uh, quit smoking,、uh, some people actually need to have a fake cigarette, or they fidget with their fingers and they can't stop because of this whole sort of twitch, I guess, related to kind of like your psychological or or, or anxiety that we all. Interesting observation. Nobody's ever mentioned that to me. Okay, that's that's really interesting. Yeah, I think it's related to eating as well. You know,、so、if you look at yourself sometimes at home, and you know, now that during COVID, we're all sort of stuck at home.、Oh, um, yeah. As as much as we want to be right next to our computer and just being super productive, you do find yourself kind of just getting up and opening that fridge, and it might be the eighth time you open that fridge, and it has nothing <laughs> inside has changed. But it's that kind of like. Anxious like energy that we all have, where it forces us to try to like, you know, address that feeling of you know heightened awareness, and we 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 need to do something. For a cigarette smoker, it may be the whole hand to mouth thing, you know, just like a、uh, person who can't stop breathing and stacking, also one of those things.、Um, but it is difficult because once you stop that active ingredient of nicotine and tapping into the receptors in your brain. Then you still have those urges and desires that your brain cells is so used to from many years of smoking, and nicotine obviously is a super, super powerful、uh, neurochemical that that is related to a lot of things as well. Which addiction is one.、Um, the more you have, the more you want, and you build tolerance to this stuff. Just like guess what, sugar, right? And so therefore, they, and these receptors are really closely knitted, and they all relate in one way or the other. And so, a lot of times, when someone stops smoking and chewing on that little nicotine gum,、um, part of the whole gum chewing is to provide the brain the same similar sort of activation from nicotine, but without all the harm of a cigarette in itself.、Um, but at the same time, if you go cold turkey, those receptors are sitting there waiting for you to activate them. So, other ways on sort of soothing the whole, you know, hyped up energy is. Eating, you can also kind of get the same high by tapping on those similar receptors by eating food in general.、Okay. And unfortunately, most of the ingredients, food ingredients that gives you that feel-good high that's similar to nicotine, happens to be sugar.、Oh, I mean,、yes. we don't go running. We don't go running for broccoli, right? <laughs> that's right. <laughs> It's never broccoli or asparagus. It's always something of high carb density, like. Cookies and, and you know pastries and, and even like sodas or even alcohol. Alcohol also does the same thing. So you see a lot of people sort of trading, uh, you know, trading in a different addiction almost、um, when they quit smoking.、But、I think part of it is just knowing and knowledge of what is happening to your brain. And sometimes mind over matter is you can totally control these urges and cravings. But I think that's why we have these tools like、uh, the gum and the patches that helps you along. So. Most of us, who as older we get, we can't do as much physical exercise as when we were much younger. So, can just changing our diets make a big difference in our health and without working out as well as as well as losing weight? Yes.、Um, well, if you think about you know your the body, the process of sort of things kind of breaking down and the process of aging in general, and we talked about this earlier where. Your organs start to deteriorate, so you don't make as much insulin as you were before, or growth hormone, or testosterone for my men listeners.、Um, so then you think about, all right, if things are deteriorating, then what can I do to really slow down this process? 
When it comes to muscle, for example, the most important thing is putting in the fuel, uh, the amino acids, really, to be specific, to provide your body all the tools to optimize and make more or retain more or slow down the process of breakdown. So for all my um, patients who are, you know, uh, of senior citizen age or anyone a little bit older, uh, my number one recommendation is truly reevaluate the food that you are eating. Eat things with nutrients. Eat things with lots of amino acids, which points to proteins. And it could be vegetarian proteins or it could even be animal proteins or even dairy proteins. So as long as you're providing your body all the tools as building blocks to actually go in and target and improve the outcome of your muscle maintenance, then you are 50% already accomplishing what you're trying to do. And so in the exercise, uh, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. So, so the protein is the key factor. Uh, I hate to say this, I have a lot of uh, other experts that tell me they need you need to worry about how many how many fiber grams of fiber that you eat per day. Don't worry about the protein, but. You're telling me that protein's important. We hadn't talked about uh, the other fiber and how many how many grams of fiber that you should have per day, et cetera. Oh, yes. That would be a whole different hour of our talk. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, when, when we talk but about... You're, the, you know, you're one of the first ones who heavily emphasize protein. And I, I recently have been doing a lot of that, uh, eating more protein and cutting back on... You know, smaller portion of potatoes and pasta, and adding adding yep. more of the more of the protein, even the the, the, yep. the fish and the chicken, and 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 even you know really lean uh, uh, lean ham and, and beef. And I, I yep. think I've even felt better. And I think so. It does it does affect us. It does help us. Oh, for sure. I mean, uh, you know, when it comes to even energy to exercise, I think a lot of times, you know, as we as we become a little bit more deconditioned and sedentary. Uh, as we age too, you know, um, a lot of times part of that is, you know, it's just the things that we were eating as well. And also remember too, um, and maybe it doesn't relate to you, but there's a lot of listeners out there that have a very fixed income as they grow older, right? You know, oh, yes, you higher so, uh, social security is the only thing you're depending on. So therefore, your financial is limited uh, in in these kind of ways, and when you go grocery shopping, you are more mindful about buying the cheaper things, which is very common. But at the same time, you you have to continue on remembering this fact that your body is still a machine. You can still optimize, slow down breakdowns, and and really overcome this idea of you know deterioration and deconditioning um, of the aging body. So it's super important to always continue on with good nutrients, and protein is one of those things where um, it's there's a lot of clinical clinical data and studies out for the age group, you know, 60 plus. I would say there's this phenomenon called sarcopenia, right? This is the by definition medical terminology, meaning uh, the natural progression of muscle loss as we grow older, and kenia means lack of muscle, lack of muscle. muscle fiber. Yeah, so. Um, it's a real condition. We don't, I, I guess what is unfair about the way we practice as internal medicine physicians, and that's my base training, and I specialize in nutrition for all ages, is that I guess once we get to a certain age, we just forget about the next milestone of condition that relates to that age group. You know, um, I still hear from my female patients uh, that they have hit menopause, but no one's really giving them the you know, the full 411 on muscle maintenance. Once you lose your estrogen as a menopausal female, postmenopausal female, lots of things are happening. You're breaking down more muscle mass. 
and your metabolism goes down. You start gaining, gaining weight. fat. Right. And then all of a sudden, after postmenopause, you get in the new phase of, let's just say, 65 plus, and now you're super retired. You know, you're enjoying life. You quit your job, and now you're just vacationing, traveling, doing all these things. But guess what? The food and exercise is still as important as it was 20 years ago when you were working. Um, and then you got to think about all the conditions and disease states that you might be impacted at an older age related to your weight or not, um, which these are conversations that I love having with my patients because no one else, it's not a common conversation that we talk about. Wow. So, yes, the protein thing is super important. And no matter how young or how old you are, you might not be a bodybuilder at 72, but you definitely <laughs> should deserve to have good maintenance so you can actually do your three-mile walk, you know, with your significant other and not feel pooped out after half That's a true. mile That's kind of thing, right? That's right. Well, hold that thought. We're going to be right back with more information. But now we're from our sponsors and advertisers who make this radio show possible. You're listening to the Best of Times Radio Hour here on News Radio 710 Keel, proudly presented by AERP Louisiana and A-Bears Tenant Country of Shreveport, your Dodge Chrysler Ram and Jeep dealer. Gary Kaligas will be right back with more Best of Times Radio Hour after this on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. Gary's back with more Best of Times Radio Hour on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. Welcome back to our show, the Best of Times Radio Hour, proudly presented by AARP Louisiana and A-Bears, Tenant Country of Shreveport, your Dodge, Chrysler Ram, and Jeep dealer. Joining me on my show today is a special guest, is Dr. Amy Lee, who is an internationally known physician, and she's an expert in weight control, obesity, nutrition, and I'm asking her to share some of her tips to help us seniors and boomers like me to lose that unnecessary weight. So thank you, Dr. Lee, for taking time from your extremely busy schedule to join us on my show today. No problem. Thank you. Well, this has been fascinating. Gary's already learned 14 new things, so he's, he's been doing this. By the way, just to give you a little information about me, I, um, I have a son that's a medical doctor. He's an ENT, but he doesn't give a lot of education to his dad about losing weight. He yeah. does he does treat me for lots of different things. He's a very conservative young doctor, and but he doesn't. He says, Dad, you're not that bad. You just need to lose a little bit. I said, Well, I've been trying to. It just goes up and down. You know, that kind of things are. <laughs> so, so tell our listeners what do you feel? Well, first of all, I, I think one of the items here that I want you to focus on. What are some activities as we grow older that we should focus on what what should what should we do that might help what what do you tell some of your clients and your patients um yeah well first of all it's not everyone's favorite it's one of those components to healthy living that people a lot of times just kind of turn away or ignore because they just don't like to exercise so for whatever reason um but you do need to move that body to be healthy um and that's the truth and that's the fact now everyone's so different when it comes to uh, conditioning levels, you know, and their intensity and how far they can go and how high they can jump kind of deal. But when we grow older, and as I talked about earlier, that, hey, you know what, we know that your muscle mass is deteriorating, so you're not going to be as strong, and you're not going to be lifting as heavily, um, and you'll feel weak. And one of the core issues with the aging body is also imbalance. Uh, which is also caused by uh, deterioration of not just your muscle mass, but also like your midbrain, you know. Uh, sometimes as we deteriorate, our brain also causes us to not orient very well as well. So we see a lot of uh, senior citizens or boomers in, our, in, our, in the medical practice that one of the most common conditions that could actually kill you is just a simple uh, 
unthinkable episode or just passing out at home because they're either dehydrated or, you know, they have a, a simple UTI that caused them to be uh, dehydrated and their blood pressure falls to a very low level. And then now they fall. They fall right. because they don't have the strength to uh, balance themselves and they fall to a way where they might break a hip or a knee and whatever it is. So really, all my patients that I talk about um, at a certain age, it's all about learning some exercises that are simple that helps with your balance and core and strength. So you don't have to do like the whole CrossFit and go do HIIT training just to be healthy. Um, there are ways that you can implement movement at home that is super uh, beneficial um, for just purely maintaining your balance and slowing down the process of muscle uh, wasting. So, um, so, so don't push it. So don't push it to the limit. That's why, you know, I, I exactly. some like some of my guys said, God, you know, I'm going to go out there and, and and do my run. You know, I'm, I'm 70. I love doing my treadmill, and I, I love doing it maximum three miles an hour. But I can do it over yep. an hour, and I do my two and a half miles. Sometimes I do three miles on it, but I feel balanced. I used to go outside. Now I don't go outside as much. I love my treadmill. I love my air-conditioned comfort. Plus, I love my little <laughs> connector that it connects it. If I fall down, I, it, my wife will know something happens to me. It'll beep, beep. But it's never happened right. late, lately. But uh, And likewise, I think you mentioned it, but I, I think you need to emphasize this. I'll mention my mother. My mother lived a long life of 96, and so did my grandfather at 99 on my mother's side, and great, great genes. But also, I still think my mother, uh, she was not an ex, uh, you know, going out and going to the gym and all that, but she did lots of walking, and she did lots of interesting when she was, we put her in a nursing home for another another scenario. She would do small weights every day, like sometimes three times a day. The physical therapist was so impressed mm-hmm. that she just loved doing these five and ten pound weights. I would go there and she would be in her wheelchair doing her weights. And she was telling everybody else, we need to do this together and watch TV. And uh, yep. she would wheel around in her wheelchair and sometimes get up and ambulate a little bit. But she would always do her weight. So I was so impressed. I've been doing, a, you know, small weights. But I tell my guys, well, how much have you been lifting? Well, it's not. I do my 15-pound weights and I do a lot of reps on it. So I think it counts a lot, as much as I can do. But I don't do the, you know, 300-pound lifts like some of these guys trying to impress me with. Right. So you don't have to. You don't, you have to because you can hurt yourself. And if you're not, exactly. you know, and your your muscles aren't what they were when you were 40 or 30, right? So. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Super important. And besides the weights, even I like to even uh, encourage those to try the elastic banding that you can I buy. I heard that. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And they're cheap. They're super cheap. So I'm glad you brought that up. My wife is into that now. She wants me to go. We want to go to some of those courses that I what is called CK4, whatever it is. And we'll talk about those. <laughs> but it, it, uh, she wants me to start doing that. But other, the other thing is seniors need to be active in certain sports too, right? And, and the ones that they can handle. I mean, maybe tennis, maybe swimming. Uh, I'm taking pickleball mm-hmm. up the past few years. It's remarkable. It's better than tennis. Yeah. And it, it, yep. it does give us some exercise as well. So I know well, my- it's funny. Yeah, sorry. It's funny because you mentioned pickleball, and I just picked it up myself. I'm 43, you know, and I'm like, you know what? This thing is getting my heart going, and the core keeping is going to keep my brain, like, <laughs> super uh, intense. <laughs> Well, I thought it was for we did a we did a, a piece on it in our magazine and our radio show many years ago, and I thought it was only for seniors and boomers. But now when we go out, we're in a small city. All these young people out there, like you and younger, mm-hmm. I be, I'm playing with 21 year olds. I said, listen, 
I'm 50 years older than you. And he says, well, Mr. Gary, you're playing really well, but you can you can do more things than I can do on the court. And uh, they're all they're all supported of us, us seniors out there with these young bodies. So I said, why don't you go play a more vigorous sport? He said, oh, we do that too, but we think this is fun. And a lot of young people are picking it up. I mean, it's it's amazing how popular that sport is throughout the world. I mean, not just yep. not just the United States, but everywhere. I, uh, we've traveled. They talk about it, so it's it's good. So let's, we're getting yeah. off the book and track. I know my listeners are Gary, we don't need to learn about pickleball. So <laughs> what does a healthy day of eating look like for someone that's older? What what should we focus on there? Yeah, um, so when you look at, sort of reevaluate what you typically eat, and I always tell people, hey, look, if you have a lot of processed foods, that things coming out of a bag or a box that you can leave in your cabinet for years on end, it's probably something you don't want to eat a lot of. I'm a big fan of just keeping everything fresh, and you'll find me actually shopping almost every day or every other day for my daily uh, meals um, because you're trying to capture the freshness of your minerals and vitamins on a daily basis. And truly, even leaving your tomato in the fridge for way too long, uh, the vitamins and minerals actually deteriorate as well. Like it goes away. Um, So, and it gives you a reason to like get your get yourself out to the supermarket, you know, and actually put the movement into your body when you give yourself the sort of um, the job of going grocery shopping. That should be one of your to-do lists, and it shouldn't go away because if you're not doing it, you're likely sitting around, right? So think about, hey, you know what? This is my exercise for a day is to walk around the corner and go to the supermarket or get in my car and actually, uh, you know, go somewhere. And that also helps you with that social aspect of, of just not sitting around and being sedentary. So... When you look at my meals, it's all about every meal. And you don't have to eat six times a day or just two times a day. Whatever is good for you. So if you feel that three solid meals is good enough for you, then great. And then each meal really should consist of a good handful of uh, fruits and vegetables and something really super fresh. And then, of course, three to four ounces of protein of some sort, you know. Um, and that is really the most basic, easiest way of looking at a, you know, good meal, good day of eating. Interesting. Can we still enjoy those cake and cookies sometimes? Of course, of course. I would never take that <laughs> hey, away. I love from you. Anyone. I want you to. I want you to be my doctor. <laughs> I want to come over there and take you. Take care of me. My son says, "Dad, avoid those to the nth degree." But I, I have to have my sweet occasionally, and I, I love certain sweets. Just you know, I don't overindulge with them, but I, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but we can we can it's, talk about that about, about this for an hour. But yeah, uh, exactly. But let's 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 hit real quickly. I mean, since I've been around this in this world, I can tell you there must have been four thousand different diets, and all these people mm-hmm. introduce them, and you hear them on television, you read about them in a magazine, and you I mean I, I'm of Greek ancestry, so hey, we know that Mediterranean diet. We use a lot of olive oil and a lot of fruits and vegetables and things like that. Mm-hmm. So uh, you know, we try to. We tr- my wife and I have been for years, and my, all my family members try to continue to do that. And there are very few people in our family are super overweight. We're really, I would call obese. They're not obese. But uh, yep. so, what diets do you feel that? Are effective. Well, first of all, you know, uh, the Mediterranean diet that you just mentioned, it has really good components of your good oils, lean proteins, and your fibers from your grains and, and your fruits and vegetables. So that's always one thing. It has a lot of clinical data on the benefits and health benefits of the Mediterranean diet as well. So definitely focus on that if you are totally lost and don't know where to go with it. But um, 
Otherwise, with all the 400 types of regimens out in the world, there's only three food groups that we eat on a daily basis, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, it's just a matter of different components and different focus on which types of macronutrients that you have to eat. But most people don't have all the time in the world to, like, recreate and create and, you know, and, you know, get all into the weeds of it. So I always tell people, you got to have some pro- proteins in every meal. It could be a big portion or it could be a small portion. But remember, proteins could be acquired from animal, dairy, and vegetarian. So there's a lot of different types of proteins that's available to you. So you just go grocery shopping and you'll find some sort of proteins that you enjoy. Um, and on top of that, it's all about your fruits and vegetables and healthy nuts, beans, things of that nature. Now, it's easier said than done a lot of times in me saying, hey, you're just in your fruits and vegetables and proteins. You also have to look at what your interests are because we know that the taste bud and taste profile for someone who's in, in who's aging is very different from what you enjoy many years ago. Because um, things deteriorate just like taste buds, right? And so sometimes things just don't seem as tastier as before. And it's like, ah, oh, chicken breast again. Like we don't want you to shy away from variety either. Um, so have that in mind, you know, be a little bit courageous and be a little adventurous in trying new things out. Um, because you may find yourself really enjoying, you know, like a little piece of veal, you know, in your 60s and 70s when in reality you really hated it and when you're 40s. Um, so that would be my big recommendation. So certain things could change over age, but I, I will tell you, based upon my own experience and a few of my friends have told me, I, one, as they got older, they got certain food sensitivities. I got food. I loved peanuts when I was younger. And my parents and grandparents, everybody loved peanuts and peanut butter and mm-hmm. peanut this. And But I will tell you, past, at least when I'm 70, but when I was 55-ish, I started getting weird symptoms. And my doctors couldn't figure out what it was. And my wife figured it out, you're eating too many peanuts. You must have allergic. And sure enough, they figured it out. I, I became oh, aller- allergic okay. to peanuts, and it caused a lot of yeah. gastro issues as well as weight weight gaining issues. And I just, you know, cold turkey cut peanuts. And, and uh, I mean, I didn't have any severe reaction, but it did cause some weird scenario. But they came to find out. And I don't know, Doc, if you heard about these fads now. I hate to call it fads, but there's... They do offer food sensitivity tests via blood samples that you can. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I yep. I took one of those and it it popped right up and said yes peanuts is definitely you can eat pecans and almonds but definitely stay away from peanuts and it automatically I mean I'm, so it doubly confirmed what my doctors had told me many years ago and my son the doctor my son the doctor yeah. too so you know some yeah. of those food sensitivities you may not know about until you've been there done that and and oh, I. Yeah. And don't you recommend to your clients to make a food diary? Uh, I do, I do. Um, it's it's very it's it's one of those things where when you actually write things down, there is that reinforcement and sort of like you know biofeedback almost. Where when you write things down, you just remember it better, and also you have a place to refer back. And it could be a book you know you can uh, journal in, or even these apps now. You know, it's all over uh, where oh, you yes. can track. Everything you eat, how you feel, how many glasses of water you drank, or even activity level. So those are all super useful. Wow. Well, hold that thought. We're going to be right back with more information. But now we're with my sponsors and advertisers who make this radio show possible. You're listening to the Best of Times Radio Hour here on News Radio 710 Keel, proudly presented by AARP Louisiana and A Bears, sending country a Shreveport, your Dodge Chrysler Ram and Jeep dealer. 
Gary Kaligas will be right back with more Best of Times Radio Hour after this on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. Welcome back to our show, the Best of Times Radio Hour, proudly presented by AARP Louisiana and A-Bears, tenant country of Shreveport, your Dodge Chrysler Ram and Jeep dealer. Joining me on my show is Dr. Amy Lee, who is an internationally known expert in weight loss control, obesity, nutrition, and I'm asking her to share some of her thoughts and tips on helping us seniors and boomers to lose that unnecessary weight. So thank you, Dr. Lee, for taking time from your schedule to educate us here on the Best of Times Radio Hour. No problem. Thank you for having me. You're, you are actually, I'm going I'm to give you kudos. You are actually remarkable. I wish you were in my neck of the woods. I would, I would go see you every day. <laughs> <laughs> How about if I go to New Orleans one day and I'll just hit you up and then we'll go on Bourbon Street and talk more. <laughs> That's right. We can, but there's so much good food down there, Dr. Lee, that you'd be overwhelmed. That you'd be over, that, I know. That's where, you know, that's Louisiana cuisine here. Even though I'm Greek, I love all the Louisiana stuff as well. So it's it's tough. So before we go into we got only have a few minutes left, and I hope to, hope you might agree to sometimes to come back on my show again. You're, you are fascinated. You, you, give, you give it to this point. Sometimes I'm not going to pick on my lovely other physicians there. They, 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 bush, they go around and don't do, say the answer specifically. They just beat around the bush here and give me vague answers. You're, you're hitting it right on the case, and I'm sure you deal that with, you do the same with your patients uh, and the clients that you see out in California. So, again, thank you for, for being that uh, straightforward, you might say. So everybody yeah. wants me to ask you this. Uh, I know they do because I'm, I'm, I get the feel. So in all this medical history, medical having medical technology, we've come up with so many things throughout the world in the medical science. I mean, I followed through my, my son uh, and, his, and his practice and all the other physicians that I know of. They haven't come up with the secret pill or that, that can change my genes to tell my mapping of my genes to take this pill. He's going to lose 40 pounds in a matter of 30 days. We haven't come up with that yet? No, we have not. I know, super surprising, right? Uh, yeah. And, and we did. If we did, I'd be all over it, and I'd probably <laughs> be somewhere internationally, and no one would know where I'm at, so I don't have to work. But yeah, we haven't yet. <laughs> is there a reason? Is that is it not that it's it's super complex? I mean, we're doing all this well, g- you know, gene mapping and all this, and there's right. gene therapy for cancers and et cetera. I mean, I. I've done the 23 and Me, and it's told me a bunch of things that my doctors and my son didn't even know about me. And I went in there and they said, yeah, that is true. You are lactose intolerant. Well, thank you, Doc, for not yeah. letting me know for many years till I did the 23 and Me, it told me. And so they yep. confirmed it, and it, it's made a big difference in my life. So, you know, sometimes you don't know these things until it's, it comes about by other ways. So there, well, people ask me about supplements. Gary, don't you, don't you try mm-hmm. this? You're going to be able to lose 5 or 10 pounds by taking that. Mm-hmm. You know, in the old days, some of those supplements were very detrimental to people's health, right? I can't remember. Right. This is back in the 70s and 60s, but it, those can be to quickly lose weight and quickly get right. rid of uh, water. So, any, right. any, any Well, I was, yeah, I was going to comment on that, uh, just going back a little bit on what you mentioned as, as the magic pill. You know, at the end of the day, um, there's no magic pill because the body is just so complex, right? Every cell in the body has a receptor that acts on or uh, initiates some kind of chemical pathway that has anything to do with fuel handling. We eat every day, and every cell in our body responds to everything we do to our body. 
So therefore, finding the magic gene almost or parts of your DNA, what we call polymorphism, that translates to bad behavior or the way we process sugars and whatnot, it's just so complicated. It's not just one pathway. It's probably millions of different pathways that relate to each other. We are... We are in a process of doing all that. There's a lot of research, a lot of science on food science. Mm. Um, and so I wouldn't be surprised if 30 years from now, we might have something that is that is a little bit closer to finding the cause. Now, we do have some gene snippets that uh, we you know look into right now. Currently, there are snippets out there that has something to relate to this whole idea of obesity. Like, person who has this gene tends to be prone to gaining a lot more weight even though they're eating really little. Um, oh. These are all metabolic disease and conditions. Okay, that I was going to ask usually, you about that. Yeah, they're usually congenital, and so therefore it usually affects you as an infant or a baby, so you know it early on in life. And it's not like something that would just dawn on you, you know, late in your years, like your peanut allergies, for example. Mm-hmm. And so what is exciting is the more we learn about these pathways that is related to the genetic makeup of what we are made of, the closer we are to finding something that is more impactful, meaning how do we turn it on and off, just like you mentioned. So you're way ahead of your time, and that's a great question, by the way. Um, so these blood tests that you're taking for food tolerance also has, there is there are companies out there that actually test for these obesity genes. Now, the most more complicated part about measuring your obesity gene is we know that if I tested 10,000 people and 9,000 came back with the gene, Clinically, not all 9,000 people are overweight or obese. So mm-hmm. therefore, it's not truly related, but there's some kind of association. And so I think we're in that midst of figuring out, like, really in detail, how do certain people turn on these genes and how do certain people maintain it and still have a normal weight. Um, so it's super exciting. I love it. And I know there is going to be a new medication that actually targets those genes for um, infants and babies who are getting hit and impacted by this um, genetic abnormalities or mutation, you would call it. And so things are moving. It's just all behind the scene. And I think um, most of us, you know, we're. I'm super excited. And I'm always in, in anticipation when new medicine comes out in the market. Well, that's, um, that's important that you, know. you learn new things. We, you know, I mean, that improve our... Our, our, our well-being and, and uh, I love mm-hmm. new medical technology. I used to be a home health care administrator many years ago so I, mean, I was heavily yep. involved in that as well. So all the techniques and, and treatments of patients at their home. Okay, a couple of questions. We I would love to have you again on the show. But I've had the, uh, uh, a lot of people ask me, well, Gary, I don't tend to be as thirsty as I am when I was younger. So really... An individual who's 55 and older needs to drink a lot of fluid, a lot more water than they probably they perceive. And I, I see more and more seniors, they look to me like they're shriveled, they're, they're dehydrated. And a lot of them are admitted, to, correct me if I'm wrong, a lot of them are admitted to hospitals and emergency rooms for dehydration. Isn't that right? Mm-hmm. Yes, um, very true. Now, um, as we grow older, like I said, everything deteriorates. And guess what? So does our, so does our skin and the way we protect ourselves. Um, and we also lose fat. There's a certain age in your life where you start losing fat more naturally. Um, but it's not like a great way to diet in any way or form. <laughs> so your, your subcutaneous fat, which is the layer of fat sitting under your skin, which is typically used for protection and insulation of you know, the weather and cold and everything, that layer of fat also deteriorates. And so it plays a huge role in 
water uh, retention as well as temperature control. So as we grow older, we become a little bit more wrinkly, right? Because uh, our collagen is just not being able to catch up to producing new, bouncier skin cells. And so when we wrinkle up, you have a lot more surface area as well. That is also concurrently, uh, you're also dealing with the fact that you have less efficient insulation in your fat cells. So now you're actually losing more water. So as we grow older, we do end up losing more to the environment, okay? Um, some of the medicines that you end up taking, like a diuretic for blood pressure, right. also you take another hit. So we don't, you know, it's not like we sit here and go over just water status with a patient typically, and it's not fair, you know, we should, but we don't because we're on time. Um, these are some of the things that should be taught to, you know, this group of uh, uh, people because it truly does make a huge impact. And before you know it, you don't know it, but we know when you come into the hospital super dry and now you're dealing with uh, abnormal sodiums and potassium, and before you know it, now we have to put you on IV, admit you to the hospital. So it's almost like, why not try to prevent it before? But you know what? Water is so boring. <laughs> <laughs> and I get it. I get it. And I hear it all the time. You know, people roll their eyes when I say you need at least 80 to 100 ounces a day to just to keep balance because we lose water when we breathe, we lose water when we sweat, and if you live in somewhere in, you know, a little hotter climate, you're naturally going to lose more water. So with all those things that are making an impact, you got to be on your toes when it comes to hydration. So if you hate water, you're going to, you need to figure out a way to get some hydration in without well, the boredom. Well, Gary's figured that out by adding additives to his water that are non-sugar, non-related, Sometimes I don't taste the great, but hey, it makes the water go down easier, so I drink a lot more water. And I'm glad you brought up about diuretics. There are a lot of people don't understand that, that they don't want to drink it because they don't want to pee a lot because their, di- their medicines are making them. But yeah. you've got, you got to keep the fluids going or you're going to get worse and worse. And it, it's, it, uh, it, it, it's a really challenge there. So th- well, remember, every time, every time you go pee, you're exercising. <laughs> That's a good point. That is a good point. I got to tell my wife that. Okay. Well, well, thank you, Dr. Lee. You were fascinating. I look forward to having you on the show again to continue this discussion. We time flies when you're having fun. But again, thank you again for your wonderful wisdom and your wonderful guidance and tips on uh, helping us lose that unnecessary weight. Well, best wishes to you and good luck on your continued practice. Hey, thank you for having me. It was super fun on my side as well. Okay. Have a wonderful day. Everyone, thank you for listening to our show. Don't forget to pick up your personal copy of our magazine at one of our 270 distribution locations. May God bless you and your family. God bless America. Have a great day and a great weekend. Thank you again for listening to our show. I'm Gary Caligas, wishing you and yours the best of times both today and every day. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to the Best of Times Radio Hour here on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel. Be sure to tune in next Saturday at 9 a.m. for more Best of Times. This is 1017 FM and 710 Kiel.